on episode number 440 of the School of Podcasting's Morning Announcements, we're going to end off today with a little history lesson and some Christmas music, but we've also got the typical things like a last five and five. We got a pretty cool because of my podcast story. We have a podcast veteran with us. So we're going to talk about things like how do you know when to stop your show? What kind of gear did they use? Some really interesting stats on using your web host as a media host and not getting shut down. That's really interesting. And... We're really going to be talking about, well, let me tell you this. A, a great comedian, Jim Gaffigan, once said that having two children is like drowning. Having three children is like drowning and having someone hand you a baby. And today we're talking with John Wilkerson to find out how the heck do you podcast when you have seven children in the house. Some pretty amazing tips, even if you don't have kids, some great production tips, some great ideas on how to stay focused. Check it out. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your very own, your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where we talk about all things podcasting. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you flatten the learning curve. And we get you on the road to pain-free podcasting. I've been helping people understand technology for so long that uh, back in the day, I used to help people take a class called How to Surf the Internet. That seems so bizarre at this point. But uh, our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Very happy to uh, have you along. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and all my contact information is there. But uh, we always like to start off the show with uh, either some news or things like that. I like to spotlight other podcasts. And uh, so it's that time. And now it's time for a last five and five. What were the last five podcasts you listened to? Hey, Dave, this is Mark from the Obeep Geocaching Podcast. You can find us over at www.obeep.com. And this is my quick last five in five. First up is geogearheads.com. This is a geocaching podcast that covers everything on the tech side of geocaching and geolocation-based games. That's also the podcast that is responsible for us starting our podcast. That's hosted by Daryl W4 and The Bad Cop. Uh, The episode that persuaded us to start a podcast was one they had with Rob Walsh as a guest. There you go. Do you guys understand that when you start a podcast, you might inspire others to start a podcast? And that's a good thing. We're all helping each other help each other. That's cool. I guess they do more than talk about geocaching over there as well. Right. Um, The next podcast is (laughs) nerdchurchpodcast.com. The title says it all. (laughs) Nerd Church. Yeah. That. Now, there's a kick butt. You know, we talk about titles. The title of your podcast is like the headline, Nerd Church. I, I'm right now. If they had one, I would buy a shirt. All of this one. <laughs> it's a very funny, well-informed podcast with a multitude of hosts. I think there's uh, five or six of them on there. And they just we do a weekly show of bringing the geek news and the things they've liked over the years as geeks and nerds. Um, brilliant. Brilliant. The next one is Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Garmin and Kevin Smith over at smodcast.com. Need to say more about that one. I just love the humour on that one. 
I've got that Benny Hill childish sense of humour, I guess. Right. The best and then on the other side of the coin is The Walk over at sqpn.com with Father Roderick. Not being a religious person, I didn't know if I'd like that one or not, but I don't know, there's something that draws me to it and I, I can get a lot out of it and understand a lot from it. Is understand a lot from it the right things? I don't know. Finally is Fine. Conquer Stress, Depression and Anxiety podcast over at vigio.com. That's V-I-G-E-O-O.com. Thank you so much for spelling that out. Man, that makes my life a whole lot easier. Thank you so much, Mark. And oddly enough, that is probably the only podcast I've ever found from New and Noteworthy in iTunes. It's the only one. The rest I've discovered in a multitude of different ways. Geo Gearheads is through geocaching, which is what our show's about. Nerd Church was through a post on Twitter. I posted about another podcast having a cool opening intro tune, music, and somebody from the Nerd Church posted about their music and how cool theirs was. So I checked that out and then got into the podcast. Hollywood Babylon, it's Kevin Smith, I just like his stuff. And The Walk, I think that came from listening to Cliff Ravenscraft recently. Anyway, Dave, that's my uh, last five and five. Again, this is Mark from the Obeep Geocaching Podcast at obeep.com. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Mark. Always great to hear from you. Mark actually does the show with his son. How cool is that? And, uh, you know, what, what's great about that, number one, I, I cannot get over Nerd Church. <laughs> I got to go check it out as soon as we're done here. But if you know you don't have to podcast with your kid, but maybe it's it's the the holiday season and all uh, that's it's just really getting me into family and things like that. But when you look back on those episodes that you do with your children or your family or your wife or whoever, it's gonna be cool when they're like I don't know adults and they were I don't know twelve. Uh, I know uh, Dan Class does the bitterest pill, and it used to be it started off with his son who was. I believe at the time, I don't know, four, six, eight, he was a little kid and be like, my dad did not make an announcement. And he's in high school now. But you get, I've watched uh, his whole family or I've listened to his whole family uh, grow up. And it's really a cool thing to do. Might be something to uh, to think about. But thank you again. If you have a last five and five, go out, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and you can actually just use the button right there or you can record one like Mark did and set it on in. Thanks again, Mark. Again, you can find him at obeep, that's B-E-E-P dot com. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. And speaking of family and being uh, nostalgic, um, I have put out a, a new episode. I don't do these very often of uh, Building a Better Dave. You can find it at betterdave.com. And I'm talking about the other side of Christmas. What's the other side of Christmas? Well, it's stuff like this. You know, Frosty the Snowman. Happy birthday! This guy would slide around without using his feet. Now, I know for the record he didn't have feet. But he slid around and he played a lot with children. Which made me think about Michael Jackson. And that's when it came to me. Frosty the Snowman is a pedophile. I'm pretty sure. We need to go back and watch the tape for any inappropriate things. I know there's the one scene where the kids are playing leapfrog. I want to watch that that scene in slow-mo. There you go. That actually, um, there's a whole bunch. It's an episode. 
it, it and it's much more serious than that. But uh, that was me being goofy. Find that at betterdave.com. Also was on the podcasters roundtable with Ray Ortega, Daniel J. Lewis, uh, Matthew McQueenie, and uh, Adi Kajora. I believe is how you pronounce his last name. And we're talking about uh, beyond iTunes. And uh, here's a little clip from that. Um, I think the reason why Google have not stepped up their game is because they're being lazy about it or they they simply don't care about the whole podcast movement. I, I'm I'm just throwing ideas out here. But how much how much money does Google make from podcasting? Nothing. Yeah. I think that's well, the biggest reason why. But I wonder if it's because Apple kind of took the mantle. I mean I I don't know if you guys saw that. I'm sure you did it because it was very kind of profound for podcasting, but The Verge had that article about the kind of new stars of podcasting and they did a nice video piece which was actually 10 minutes on podcasting, talking to real people, Alex Bloomberg from Startup and ESPN. But they brought up a good point. I think the PRX uh, gentleman, he said that Odeo, um, and anybody who read Hatching Twitter knows the story, Odeo was the kind of uh, audio podcasting company that was the precursor to Twitter. And why did Odeo go under? Because Apple came out with their podcasting in iTunes. And I often wonder if while it was great for Apple and we like it, and now Apple is like two-thirds of the entire market of podcasting, did Odeo not making it hurt everything else? Because maybe we need a third-party platform that's above everybody else, like a Netflix, where you can get it on anything. It's kind of platform agnostic. What do you think? Well, Yahoo, back in the day, had a uh, an actual directory before, I think, before iTunes. And then iTunes came out and they went, yeah, same thing. They went, hey, never mind. <laughs> it went away. You would actually be surprised on uh, one of the apps, and you might not guess this, but I'm looking at the list here. It's a web app, Android, Windows Phone, TV set-top box, automobiles, iOS, BlackBerry, and Windows. Any guesses on what app that is? Mm-hmm. iHeartRadio. Mm. Of course. Um, it's, on, it's on almost everything. They just don't have a... Content. desktop app or a Linux mm-hmm. app or a Kindle and Fire hurts, app. And you know what's even hurting iHeartRadio a lot more right now is that they're not in the UK. I mean... There you go. So it was a really interesting discussion about... It, it was On one hand, it was beyond iTunes, but yeah, we talked a lot about iTunes and different places like Stitcher and TuneIn and things like that. And uh, you can find that over at podcastersroundtable.com. Always a good time. Uh, with that. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. couple quick things before we get to our interview today, which will have a because of my podcast story. I am uh, next week, of course, is the big my favorite podcast is episode. And uh, man, it was a while ago, back when we had John Lee Dumas on the podcasters roundtable. I was approached by a company called Rev, rev.com. They do transcriptions. And it was amazing because I have used other transcription services before. And I it's one of the, it's a law of reciprocity. They asked me, you know, would you like me to transcribe an episode for you? So I had them transcribe the episode where John Lee Dumas was on the podcasters roundtable. And to make a long story short, when it came time to have somebody transcribe my because of my or my favorite podcast is, uh, well, I had 
let's see, as I looked down, I had 31 people submitted things for my favorite podcast is, and I uploaded them to rev.com. And I'm going to tell you in about an hour and a half. Now, granted, these are all like two minute segments, but I didn't expect it to be turned around quite that fast. I, I think on their website, I forget what they say is the typical turnaround time, but it was like done. And now it's just a matter of me copying and pasting it. I went to uh, Fiverr to have a uh, a book cover designed, and I'm very happy with that. They're they're doing some twitches for that and some changes, but uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with that. So next week, you'll be hearing. It, it's really interesting to hear one of the podcasts, one of the favorite podcasts. The person who submitted it hasn't even listened to it. That's an interesting one. I love, we have a couple from people who don't have podcasts. So if you want to kind of get into the brain of why people listen to podcasts, tune in next week for uh, the second annual uh, My Favorite Podcast Is episode. And uh, we'll kind of break uh, format next week. There won't be any last five and fives or things of that nature. That uh, Because as you might imagine, 31 times two minutes plus me throwing in my nonsense along the way. Uh, it's going to be a, a rather long show, as was last week's show. And you'll have access to all those transcripts as well. The other thing I just wanted to quickly throw in here, a friend of the show, Michael Butler, over at rockandrollgeek.com. Uh, the guy's been podcasting since 2004. Yeah, he is the very first music podcaster. And again, rockandrollgeek.com just put out episode number 600. And I wanted to uh, tip my hat to uh, the man that wrote the original book on podcasting, Todd Cochran, over at geeknewscentral.com. Just put out episode number 1000. Yeah, that's what happens when you've been doing it for 10 years. You, holy cow, that's amazing. So congratulations to uh, to Todd on that. Also, can't say... Uh, I'm going to tease you. You ready? Na 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 na. No, that's not really. Uh, wait till you guys hear who some of the keynotes are for New Media Expo next year. And of course, I'm the director of uh, podcasting at New Media Expo. Some really cool names are coming down the pike, and I can't wait till they announce them so I can quit bursting at the seams. If you're unfamiliar with New Media Expo, it's a great place to go. Check it out. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash NMX will get you right there. And uh, next up, we uh, I was very lucky to, uh, I think Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast told me about a particular post. And it's uh, by John Wilkerson. And uh, it's kind of weird how things work. He, um, we'd actually set up the interview and then he, uh, we had some things come up where he couldn't make it. Then he called in on Ask the Podcast Coach well, you can you can find that again over at askthepodcastcoach.com. If you want to, uh, if you have any questions, just call in live Saturday mornings, ten thirty Eastern Standard Time. And John called in, kind of got our feet wet with each other, and uh, you know, then we rescheduled. And uh, this is a really cool interview. So uh, without further ado, here's my interview with John. And if you have children or you're trying to find time to podcast, some really cool uh, tips and tricks on how to produce a podcast and uh, especially with children. So take it away, Mr. Wilkerson. All right. Well, joining me, he's, uh, here's a guy. How, when did you say you started podcasting? November of 2005? Yes. Awesome. So this guy has a little, 
a little. He has a lot of experience under his belt. He's from thewiredhomeschool.com. And uh, I actually heard about him from a post that he did called uh, Five Tips for Podcasting When You Have Little Kids. And I think that's going to apply for just people in the house. I, I know that uh, you had said at one point you had 10 people in the house, but uh, I have had people in the house, but not not a, a nest like that. So, uh, John Wilkerson, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Dave. And uh, we were kind of joking before I hit record. Uh, as I record this, I just got back from a uh, a Christmas concert for my stepson. So that was a surprise. It's nothing nothing more fun than coming home from work going, hey, surprise, what? You're going to a concert tonight. So all the time I had planned for uh, uh, researching John went out the window. So I hate to do this move. Um, so please apologize. I apologize in advance. But if you could please introduce yourself. Sure. Well, my name is John Wilkerson. And like you said, I've been podcasting since... November 2005, uh, I started with a podcast called Jesus Geek, which was kind of a, a general kind of geek topics as it related to to my faith. And from there, I did a number of different projects, uh, some that involved um, uh, uh, online giving uh, through charities. I did some charity podcasts and even a uh uh, television and film podcast for a while and finally landed on the podcast that I'm doing right now, which I'm in the going into my third or fourth year, I can't even remember right now, uh, The Wired Homeschool, uh, where I basically cover technology topics as they relate to homeschooling. Well, since you've got a few under your belt that you no longer do, let's let's hit that question. How do you know when it's time to go, eh, hang up, let's hang up the bell? You know, what, what inspired you to like go, well, you know, the Jesus Geek, you've had a good run, but, you know, when did you, what came across you that you said, yeah, I'm done with this one? You know, I, I think the biggest thing was when I started coming to the night that I would normally record my podcast and go, ugh, I got to do this again. Mm. And that was a good indication. I, I mean, because there's always geek topics to talk about, you know, so it's not like you're ever going to run out of information, but it was one of those things where I was just like, I've had a good run. I'd done over 500 episodes and I said, you know, that's enough. And I had experimented with a lot of different, different formats I had done uh, for a while. I did it as a daily podcast and then I did it as biweekly. So I tried to mix it up and do something different and, and kind of like the thrill was gone with the podcast, so to yeah. speak. And, and so it was just time to kind of hang, hang my hat up and say, that's the end of that. And I was actually doing towards the end of Jesus Geek, I was actually doing, I think, three or four podcasts simultaneously. I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. And, uh, and that's it, a rough it was gig. A, <laughs> it, it is a rough gig. It is a rough gig. And, and, and I wouldn't necessarily say that I was feeling overwhelmed by doing that many because I typically, I don't do long podcasts typically. And so I was only doing anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes a podcast. So, And I'm going to jump in here. This is a key point. If you're finding that you don't have time to podcast, like I don't have time, one of the first things you might want to ask yourself is instead of doing an hour-long show, maybe it should be 10 minutes. Maybe it should be one topic, not four. And so notice Doug here, Doug, uh, John here is uh, doing short podcasts. Good move it wasn't a ton of of commitment on my part but 
it was just to the point where I really felt like I was I was kind of done and yeah. wanted to stay and focus on the Wired Homeschool, which has uh, because of my podcast. All right, <laughs> I have a story for you because I know you're gonna, probably going to ask me that. Yeah, I actually got to speak at two homeschooling conventions because of my podcast. So I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Living proof here. Having a podcast puts you in a arena, I guess you could say, puts you in a position where you are seen as an expert. And in John's case, uh, he's kind of an expert at uh, uh, homeschooling and having children and being a dad. Yeah, it was really cool. And I, I got to talk about technology and homeschooling. And I'm kind of happy with, with this podcast now. It's really kind of meeting all the needs. I get to talk about geeky t- topics and homeschooling, you know, so <laughs> two two things I'm passionate about. Well, and th- does some of this have to do with, you know, are, are your kids now getting older and are they homeschooled? Is it something where it just, it just became part of your life and you went, hey, I think I'll talk about this now? Oh, yeah. Um, we've been pretty much, we've been homeschooling for a long time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> since, since day one, since day one. And so it has, it's always been something that, that I've been uh, interested in and passionate about. And then tying technology to it is just, it's just even, even better. Uh, In fact, I'm going to be getting some programmable robots here to test out in a, in a few weeks, which I'm excited about getting and, and reviewing and checking it out with my kids. And what are you going to program them to do? Like the dishes or? <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> no, no, they're only, they're only about the size of a, a you know, like the Lego Mindstorms. They're not Mindstorms. I wish they were. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but those are, those are a little bit more expensive than, than these, but they're, they're designed to teach kids uh, programming, how to code. Wow. And so you just, you, you sync them with your iPad and they go and do whatever you tell them to do. That but is, probably not do the dishes. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. It would be. Some of you are. Some of you are down, you know. Well, how many kids do you have? I have seven. Seven kids. And, and their ages are? Hold on. Before we get to the ages, can we just think about that a second? You have seven children. One more time. Seven. Not five. Not six. Not eight. Seven. Ch- Holy moly. Their ages are, my oldest will be 20 in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old and a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old and a 7-year-old. <laughs> okay, so that means when you started five years ago, you had, I had, a, you had, I had a, five kids, 10 and under in my house. Oh, Man. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Okay, so let's talk about that. How do you how do you podcast when you got a bunch of kids in the house? Well, you know, the main thing was really I ended up burning burning the midnight oil a lot mm-hmm. um to begin with. And even, I mean, you know, like I said, I started in 2005. Believe it or not, I actually recorded episodes of my podcast on my BlackBerry, sitting in my car on my lunch break <laughs> at times. I've done that. Not on a BlackBerry. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I came up with, with all kinds of little tricks. But I think a lot like with everything, you have to do a lot of prep work. Mm-hmm. And so, I could do it in 
20 to 30 minute spurts and during the week. And so I would plan it and I had a specific day and time when I was going to record and, you know, let my wife know about it and made sure the dishes were done and the trash was taken out. And, you know, my wife was all set right. for, for the evening. And then I could kind of go downstairs in my little hidey hole and record podcasts. I'm going to say that was going to be one of my tips that I, when people ask me about this subject, I'm like, if you can come up with a day, you know, and time that's, it's always Tuesday at such and such time, you know, dad's going to go away for a bit and, you know, don't bug him basically and things like that. So that's a great tip. Yeah. And I did mine after they were in bed. Ah. So, so that, that made it even, it made it easier for them because they didn't have to worry about disrupting my schedule or anything like that. So, and fortunately our kids slept soundly when they were, yeah, they slept soundly, (laughs) but I was in the basement and they were all the way upstairs. So yeah, uh, there were, there was two (laughs) floors between us. Yeah. No, it's right. (laughs) Welcome to the Jesus geek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, what other tips have you figured out along the way? Well, you know, like I mentioned, uh, leaving the house. Um, if you, if, if you can use your home off, if you can use your office or go outside and record, I've recorded a lot of podcasts at the park. It's really cool. Gives a nice little, you know, ambiance, little background noise and things going on. Like we said, recording in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a buddy of mine who started a podcast and I think like the first 10 episodes he recorded all in his car because his house was so noisy and because he had five kids also under 10 years old and, and he would just, he would sit out in his car, you know, in his driveway where he had a Wi-Fi signal and Skype people and wow, <laughs> and record a podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. We, when so. we talk about recording in the car, we are talking about it being parked. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Although I know uh, I know a couple of people that I keep trying to record podcasts while they're driving, and I'm like, that's really not a good idea. <laughs> no, no. Even if you're a trucker, it's not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, recording early in the morning or late at night work too. Uh, sometimes you can't be, uh, shall we say, enthusiastic when you record, yeah. uh, but you can still record. But that usually also means getting, you have to have number one, you know, like I said, doing a lot of, a lot of prep work. You have to have all that done. And usually what I did when I would do it is I would just record the episode and so if I recorded a 30-minute episode, I'd slot my 30-minute time slot there for recording, and that's all I would do. I wouldn't worry about posting it online or anything like that. Just get the recording done and then post it up later on. And so usually my recording day was two days before I actually re- released the podcast. And so that would give me a little a little buffer there to yeah. actually get it posted so I wasn't up till 1 o'clock in the morning or whatever uh, r- recording an episode. And a bonus tip here, if you, whenever I got free time, let's say if my, my wife was out on, on with the kids or whatever, I would sometimes do marathon podcasts and just record as many episodes as I could back to back. If I knew what my next three or four topics were going to be, I'd go ahead and record them and get them out of the way. And if I had to add anything later on that was time sensitive, I would just either tack it on at the beginning or tack it on at the end. That's a great so, tip. And that's it. Again, it goes back to that prep where you, you are thinking not about this episode, but also this episode and the next one after that and the next one after that. 
And that way, when you do get that, that magical time of, Hey, I'm taking the kids to the mall. You're like, really? Uh, you can say, all right, pedal to the metal and, and let's just pound these out. So exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly. Go for it. <laughs> awesome. You know, another thing that I also recommend is actually give yourself a time limit. You know, like I said, I was only the long, my podcast generally, even still today only lasts between about 20 and 30 minutes max unless I'm doing an interview. Usually if I'm in, I'm doing an interview, those will go about an hour, but, but those don't really require, generally they don't require as much prep time because you're asking someone else to provide most of the content. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, unless you're someone who does a lot of interviews uh, and, and you're doing them constantly and you have to do a lot of research on, on the person you're interviewing. But I think time limits are, are important and I think a lot of people, sometimes they sit down and, and you've mentioned it before, they just kind of go rambling on and rambling on. And, and the podcast is as long as a podcast is. Whereas if they said, I'm only going to have a 30 minute podcast, it makes them, it, it teaches them and trains, they train themselves to be more concise and to say what needs to be said and get in and get out. And in a way, some people will say, well, that's too much like radio and, and we shouldn't be doing things like radio. And, and But you know what? The people who do radio, they get in, they get what they need done. They're out and they're done in their 30 minutes. And they have said what they needed to say in 30 minutes instead of chasing squirrels and bright, shiny things <laughs> all through their podcast. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had situations where I'll have a, a presentation and it's, you know, set to be whatever, 40 minutes or something like that. Somebody go, oh, this is great. We'd love to have you come speak. Can you do it in 30 or 20 or whatever it is? And you're like, yeah, sure. And that's, it does. It, it's actually harder to do a shorter time period because you have to really figure out, okay, what is the main point of this presentation? And okay, let's find that main point now. Let's, let's you know, dust off the most important facts or figures or stories or whatever that reinforce that point. And you really have to figure out, okay, what is going to get cut? And in the end, you end up with, you know, like the top 20. It's, it's, it's here are the, the greatest hits of this presentation uh, boiled down to, you know, now 20 minutes when it used to be 40. And so I'm going to interrupt myself there and say that, yes, a shorter show might take up less time, but it actually might be a little harder than that because you have to really figure out what is it that I'm trying to say, which in the end is probably a good thing. I know one of your other tips was um, to include your kids. Yes. So explain that a little bit. Well, when I say include your kids, I don't necessarily mean actually podcast with them. Okay. Although some people may may want to do that. But usually what I mean by that is maybe challenge your kids. If you have to record during the day, and I, I've had to do sometimes interviews on a weekend or whatever, or or during the day when I, you know, on a day off, I would... I would challenge my kids to be quiet for 30 minutes while I, while I did the, did the interview, maybe send them outside or whatever, and then give them a small reward. If, if they don't, if, if they're successful at staying quiet for, for that 30 minutes and then explain to them, Hey, you're helping me podcast by being quiet. And so that, that, that kind of gives them a little bit of ownership in, in doing it. And they, uh, you know, it, it, that has been, that hasn't been as, as successful, <laughs> but you know, it, it happens usually when you're interviewing someone to say, listen, my, I'm here with my kids. 
I got like 20 minutes to do this. I just want to let you know, you might hear my kids running around in the background. Uh, And it's why I do anytime someone asks me to be interviewed or I do an interview, it's usually nine o'clock or later Yeah, is because they're typically all in bed by then. And if they're not, it's the older ones that are up and they're, (laughs) they're able to be quiet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and for me, at least when I hear somebody, um, I know I listen to, uh, there's a podcast called She Podcast. It's uh, Elsie and Jessica. And uh, Jessica just had a baby. I mean, she just had a kid. Oh, and boy. so she's trying to do a podcast with a newborn. And she's literally like holding the baby as she's talking to the microphone. And she kept apologizing. And I sent her an email. I'm like, don't apologize. I said, those are like the coolest. To me, I mean, a baby is a miracle. So when, you know, I hear that little itty bitty squeak of a voice come through the microphone and, you know, she's rocking it or whatever. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah. it's like, you know, we know, I know you, I know you just had a kid. You know, I really appreciate the fact that you're still doing the podcast because uh, kids can be one of the number one reasons why people pod fade. And, uh, right. you know, to me, I'm like, Hey, it's, it's just, uh, it's keeping it real. And you know, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't take away from the content. It's not distracting. And so I'm like, you know, just, uh, just run with it. So, and I, I would think it would be the same thing if, if all of a sudden I heard a bunch of screaming in your back end, we'd just say, Hey, by the way, you know, <laughs> John has a, a house full and, uh, I don't think it's the end of the world. I can see where some people, you know, you always want it to be as professional as you can. But on the other hand, I think one of the things that makes podcasting slightly different from, you know, professional radio is that you do have things like that. It keeps it, a, it keeps it real, as people say. Right. And, uh, I love that. So, well, what other lessons have you learned if we kind of steer away from, from the kids? As somebody who's been doing this now, I mean, you're, you, you let's see, uh, November 2005. So you've done this, uh, you've got... Uh, no, next year will be 10 nine, years. Yeah, I got nine years in. You know, I, it's funny because I have been looking back over some of my old blog posts and mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of putting them all together and I'm grouping them under under this thing called that I'm calling Don't Forget to Press Record, which is kind of my <laughs> podcasting tips. And uh, <laughs> Great title, man. You know, uh, and, and, and I'm actually working on a new post uh, called Break the Rules. Mm. Because we have all, you know, and, and and this is no offense to anyone who teaches podcasting. I know you teach podcasting and, you know, there's all these rules that you're supposed to follow, so to speak, when you podcast, even right. though it's like we started out being rebellious and saying, we do it any way we want to. And now it's like, oh, you have to do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> so now hang tight here because you're going to hear some stuff that I'm like, Really? So some interesting stats, especially about hosting on your own website. Not something I recommend, but a uh, little insight here. Oh, I say, you know, I'm, I'm working on some of the rules to break. For, I mean, for example, I went six and a half years before actually purchasing any hosting for my media files. I had them all hosted on my website and never had any trouble with them being downloaded or speed or anything like that. And one of my podcasts at the time, you know, I was seeing about, you know, 1500 um, downloads a a week uh, per episode. So, um, and that was, I was using the Blueberry stats. So I think, I mean, you know, I I wasn't looking at the the server stats. So I was was looking at the Blueberry stats for that. And uh, I was using their free stats, but I just had it up on my, um, on my hosting provider. And while, 
most of the time you're not going to recommend that to anyone. I got away with it for years and I could probably still get away with it today uh, just because I'm not getting tons and tons of downloads on, on my podcast. And, and I'm fine with that. I understand that, you know, that that's my audience. That's the size of my audience and I'm cool with that. Uh, so there are, you know, just, I, I always want to tell people is don't feel like you have to podcast the way everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, because, just because there are people out there who are doing it professionally, yes, if you want to do this as part of your business, there are probably some rules you want to follow. But if you're a hobby podcaster like I am, then you can you don't need to follow all these rules. You can you can record directly to your computer if you want to, and uh, you know yeah. all these all these other things. If you don't want to have a website and you just want to use Libsyn, use Libsyn. Do whatever you want. You know, uh, don't don't especially if it's a hobby. And and I think that, you know, when you look out there, most people out there are hobby podcasters. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like we've gotten into this situation where everyone is starting to sound the same because everyone's buying the same equipment and they're <laughs> recording everything the same way. And, you know, like I said, oh, wait a minute, we don't want to sound like radio, but wait a minute, we do want to sound like radio if we're trying to do this as a business. Right. So So there's all these these rules that I think people just need to go back and start breaking all the rules again and, 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 and do it, do it the way they want to do it. You know, I, I think you've got a great point. I, I always say, you know, people will see somebody who's doing really successful and they will try to mimic their show and to the point of almost ripping it off. And I'm always like, if it was that easy, you know, there were a ton of people that put on suits and, and let their hair grow long and they didn't become the Beatles. So You've, you've got to have talent. You've got to have a, a smidge of luck, I think, is also in there. And a lot of determination and a lot, a lot of passion. And, you know, I, I uh, wrote a post for um, Pottertainment Magazine. And I said, who's the next Jimi Hendrix of podcasting? Because I watched a uh, documentary on Hendrix. And he just he just was crazy in terms of like, oh, let's, let's play this backwards. And I'm going to turn this and, you know, just things where people are like, well, you can't do that. Right. But he was just, he was almost like a mad scientist of, of experimenting with music. So, yeah, and I, I want to piggyback on something. I had a comment, and I'm glad you said this because I can throw in this. It's a really good comment. It's from uh, Corey Finneran, who does uh, Mommy's to- Cocktail Hour. And he also, he says, I'm not an evangelist for self-hosting. He says, but uh, in total, our podcast has been downloaded over a million times. Um, he says that one of our podcasts was getting 30,000 to 40,000 downloads an episode. The highest episode was 58,000. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that when we're, um, skirting through with 50 or 75 downloads, we've never been contacted about our traffic and our, our usage. So I, don't, I wish I knew what the magic uh, algorithm is. Cause I, yeah. I, I know I've had some people that have had much less than that, that have been told, Hey, knock it off. And then obviously with, with you and in this case, Corey, there are obviously people that, you know, I'll have to ask him who his host was. What was, who was your host in this case? Dream host. I've been using dream host for years and, um, I mean, I had like, yeah, like I said, I had one podcast, just each episode was getting about 1500 downloads hmm. a week. And I mean, now it was shared hosting. And so right. sometimes I would run into issues with, um, you know, the shared hosting provider, not working the way I wanted it to work and my blog wouldn't come up. Right. But for some reason, the files always downloaded. I never had anyone say, Hey, I couldn't download the file. And, uh, but I mean, it's been, 
it's been a wild ride, you know. I mean, I used uh, I started out using Podomatic in 2005. Oh boy, my first uh, five or six episodes were posted there, and then I and then I moved to a uh, a service called uh, GM Podcasting, which wasn't around for very long. Okay, I was going to uh, say I, I've never heard of that one. No, no, it, it, it was pretty. It, it was pretty niche. It was for. Um, for Christian podcasters. Okay. And so, so they were, you know, they were kind of particular about who they were allowing on their network, which was understandable. And it, it kind of went away. And then that's when I went to my own, my own hosting. And, um, I lost, unfortunately, I lost a number of blog posts, uh, you know, right uh, along, along those lines. But hey, archive.org, if your site ever crashes, I actually rebuilt an entire website using archive.org. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. There so. you go. See, it's so weird because I had um, Ralph, he does uh, the SDR show and he was on DreamHost and he was asked to move. So oh, yeah. it's weird how that, you know, it makes you wonder like what's, you know, but uh, that that's really interesting. Well, you said you do, you know, some recording. What? Let's talk a little bit about your gear. Sure. What, uh, what have, what have you used? What have you uh, retired, you know, in the past? Anything oh, man. like that? Um, you know, I, I use the, the crappy old headsets, mm-hmm. you know, I use those. For a long time, I used a, uh, a blue snowflake, which is the, the little brother to the snowball. Mm-hmm. I used that. And even, and then I kind of went, I have a Zoom H2. And for a while, I actually just recorded straight into my Zoom H2. Mm-hmm. And then just took that off and, and, edited it down. So what this shows you here is he goes through the history of his gear. You don't have to start off with thousands of dollars worth of equipment or even hundreds of dollars. You can always change it later. Granted, we don't want to waste our money, but you can always change stuff later. And now I'm using, you know, the old, the one just about everyone recommends the ATR 2100. I got it when it was 30 bucks. Awesome. And uh, jumped on that deal real quick. That sounds great. And I've been using that and I have, I've never really used a mixer. I've always recorded directly into my computer and, uh, but lately I'm using, I'm using boss jock on Mm -hmm. my iPad and I just record directly into that and, and then edit. I usually take the file out and edit it because it doesn't really get the, the audio level high enough to, to, that I've noticed, um, that's the same as when I record in Audacity or, or or whatever. So, so and also in case you're wondering, I'm using Boss Jock to hit pause and play and pause and play and pause and play as we listen to this interview together. I usually pull that out and and it do a few edits and things like that in Audacity and 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 then I'm done. It's it's not really doesn't really even take that long. Well, I was going to ask you: Are you a, a post production guy then, where you you know you go out, you record in your car? Do you then just bring it into audacity and mix in the music or anything like that? Or, um, I don't anymore. I mean, since I've gotten boss jock, it's been, <laughs> it's, it, it has saved me so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just have the carts in there and I, I, I put my music right in. And then about the only thing I do when I edit now is, is I do maybe do some compression on it and possibly, if if there's any mistakes in there that I need to edit out, I do that. And all my interviews are done. If I do an interview, it's just Skype with uh, Pamela, r- Skype recorder. Mm-hmm. 
and works great. So I've been using Pamela for about five or six years now. So, and haven't, haven't lost a single episode. So that's great. Sing, single interview. So, uh, I guess so, I, I just started using that. So, uh, I'm right. glad to hear that. Yeah. And I'm going to pop in here as well. Pamela is okay. I don't like it as much as power Grammo. power Grammo, though. I do not recommend anymore because they've just abandoned like you can buy their software, but you need a registration number and then they don't answer their email to get a registration number. So I no longer recommend Power Grammo. The interesting thing about Pamela is it doesn't work with the latest version of Skype. Now, the cool thing is Pamela has a link so you can download Skype 6.2 or whatever it is. But if you've upgraded to Skype and all of a sudden it's not recording anything like I did, uh, that's why it doesn't work anymore. And, Pamela's answer is go bug Microsoft. So just a little update on Pamela. If you're using it, don't upgrade to the latest version of Skype. <laughs> it's been, it, it's been, like I said, I, I have been the person, I break the rules. I record directly in my computer. I don't use an external recorder or mixer or anything like that. And it's because I really like to keep it I just like to keep it as simple as possible. That's it. And and when you start introducing all this stuff, and I feel like there are people who want to start podcasting and they see people with mixers and I got to do this and mix minus that and blah, blah, blah. And and they say, okay, I can never do that. And I say, listen, have you got an iPad? You can record a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not that hard. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, um, have you done anything you may, and, and if you say no, I don't even know if you're interested in this. Have you done anything with any kind of advertising or monetization or is this just, I know you said this is just a, a hobby thing, but if you, if you. I have, I have done monetization for a while. I was doing some, some things through, through Blueberry and, and tech podcasts mm -hmm. and I sold ads directly uh, to people in my website. And mostly what I'm doing right now is just, just affiliate sales of services mm -hmm. that I that I think that my my audience would like, and I'm starting to look into Patreon. Mm -hmm. So so I think maybe starting next year I'm going to have a Patreon page so that that people can support me. And I'm actually also I've been talking with someone about getting underwriters, kind of like what they do for public television and public mm -hmm. radio, and saying, listen, if you're an underwriter, if you give this much. Then I will, and this would be for for businesses only, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will mention you at the end of every podcast, and there'll be a special page on my website for you, for uh, for anyone who's an underwriter, where you get, where you get a link and all that. So, so I, I'm I'm exploring some different things, and I make enough money to pay the bills, which is for a person who has a hobby is great yeah. because I can pay for my hosting, I can pay for any gear that I want and, and I don't have to really worry, you know, it's a hobby that's been paying for itself, which is pretty cool. Right. Which from, you know, for anybody that plays golf, that is not the case typically. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you, right. you said you sold uh, advertising directly. How did, how did you uh, go about doing that? How did you find sponsors? Wait till you hear the answer on this one. Uh, actually, I just, all I did was have, a, I had a page on my website. And I mentioned it in the podcast and really that was it. I think maybe I tweeted out the page a couple, couple, two, three times 
And that was it. I never really went to anyone and pursued them. I, I let them come to me. There you go. And, uh, and, and it was really, it was really pretty cool when people started saying, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll pay to be mentioned in your podcast. <laughs> now, were, was there a minimum, like they had to buy a month or? They had to buy three months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, th- three months and, we- and it was, I mean, I wasn't charging a ton, right. you know, really com- compared to what, what some people are getting. <laughs> right. Well, and the, the beauty of that is, you know, to have somebody advertise on your show once, you know, you need that repeat, you know, you to really get their brand stuck in your listener's head. You, they need to hear it more than once. They need to hear right. it more than, you know, four times probably. So I, I think it's, you have to hear no seven times before you get to a yes sometimes in sales or mm-hmm. something like that. So, you know, by really just getting it back in and, and, uh, you know, having that uh, repeat, that's, I think, where you start to get some return on the investment from an advertising standpoint. But uh, very interesting stuff. Well, John, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. There you go. Super nice guy. A lot of things learned there. Again, that's why I, when I realized he'd been podcasting that long, I'm like, oh, let's Let's talk about some gear. Let's talk about monetization, anything else. So, uh, John, thank you so much for that. And uh, I think I'll wrap up the show here with a little history lesson, talking about the power of podcasting. This was probably back, ew, 2006. I would love to know when this was, but the podcasting was going great guns and musicians loved it because there were a lot of people doing podsafe music podcast. And there were websites like Music Alley that allowed you to play anything on that particular site. You don't have to even contact the musician. And there's a musician named Slough, S-L-A-U, good friend of mine, and uh, runs a studio in New York. And he had written a song. And to make a long story short, the Podsafe people like Brother Love and Angie B and all these other... um, musicians who at the time were kind of famous in our own little bubble got together and recorded a song. Let me play just a little clip of this here. All right. Think uh, we are the world here. Ready for this? My favorite is there was a guy named brother love and brother love is like, he was kind of like before John Lee Dumas was the energizer bunny of podcasting. There was brother love who was just brother love, baby. You know what I'm talking about. I'll, to, I'll find a clip of brother love. It is the musician's cooler. This is brother love. Musician's cooler was one of the first podcasts to play my music. Thanks to Dave Jackson. Rockin', 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 rockin'. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you Something musicians cooler, something play you something new. Oh, yeah, brother love, yeah, down for something, brother love, yeah, on your show. Thank you, Dave Jackson, Mission Cooler, yeah. And if you want to check out more brother love, go to brotherloverocks.com where you can grab my album off of the old CD Baby and iTunes. Thank you so much, Dave. Love you. That's how you do an ID, my man. He's a great guy, and uh, boy, you want to talk about how to self-promote yourself. This guy was all about self-promotion. Everybody knew Brother Love, but uh, he's the guy that's screaming in this lovely Christmas song. Here's a little bit of this.
warm, funny, warm, um, you know, uh, just warm and fuzzy, I guess is what I'm looking for. Christmas music. Like somebody going, so anyway, so the good news is uh, that was way back in the day. I need to find out when that was. Yeah, it brought 32 singers from nine different countries because they would basically, Slav would send them the music. They would record just themselves singing it and um, they put it together. The website says 2005 and I'll put a link out in the show notes again to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 440 as uh, Slough does a podcast called Sessions with Slough. We'll fast forward it to uh, 10 years later and uh, Slough has put this out as a solo artist. I love Slough. Great guy. Super. Can I give you, can we take a little two minute tangent? One of the funniest lines ever. It, it turns out that Slight, Slight, yeah, Slough is sight impaired and um it's like 2006. I'm I'm being Slough's elbow, and I'm helping him around the New Media Expo, and we we're trying to find a room, and we couldn't find it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Slough goes, man, talk about the blind leading the blind. <laughs> ah, that was a great line. And uh, he's put this out as a um, a solo artist. Again, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 440, and you can download this song from iTunes, along with Pod Save for Peace. We actually raised a lot of money for UNICEF, and now Slough is bringing it back as a solo artist. And um, I hope you have a great holiday season. Whatever sort of holiday you are celebrating, spend some time with your family. Stay warm. If you're on the East Coast, stay uh, cool. If you're on the West Coast, and um, next week, don't forget, we have the My Favorite Podcast Is episode and um, and then it's on to 2015. How cool is that? So here we go with the slough. Oh, before I hit play on this, somebody asked me, speaking of Christmas, where did I get the, I had that little jingle about uh, wishing you a Merry Christmas. I got that from Music Radio Creative. If you go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash MRC for Music Radio Creative, that's where I got the jingle. They have a bunch of them made for uh, the holidays that you can uh, pick up in a package so, and I bought that last year and I will be using it every year. That's the nice thing about that kind of stuff. You buy it once and you can use it. And uh, the value of it continues to increase every year. So check them out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash MRC. And yes, that is an affiliate link, but they do awesome work. Now, here is Slough with What If Every Day Were Christmas. Take care. God bless. First winter snow outside my like that time again to me from mistletoe a Christmas show and the lighting of that famous Christmas tree people are thinking of their loved ones signs of holidays appear but it all goes by in the blink of an eye and then we have to wait another year but what if it 
Christmas for every 